Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Watt looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Watt sets up Dodonov! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, rolling along on a Friday. Boy, I cannot wait for this conversation. Good friend of the show, Shang Pang with San Jose Hockey now joins us to talk about some of the bigger news coming out of today in the NHL, and that is the Sharks moving on from head coach Bob Bugner. Hey, Shang, how you doing, buddy? Uh, hanging in there. You know, they talk about how the Vegas Golden Knights are always, you know, the dramatic, just drama every week with them. <laughs> I think the San Jose Sharks are right there, right? New GM, yeah. uh, new coach. Evander Kane might be a Shark in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I, I want to start with the news of the day, but uh, you, the fact that you said Evander Kane might be a Shark in two weeks, I, I cannot wait to get there. Um, <laughs> so, I don't understand... Okay, let me let me try to be as 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 thorough as I can. I don't sure. have an issue with San Jose moving on from Bob Bugner. If you don't believe that he's the guy, that's fine. I, I don't know that there's a strong case to be made that Bob Bugner should not have been let go. I just think that the case of why did you wait until now to do it is an interesting one. So let me ask that question: Why now? Why make this decision now on Bugner? Well, they said that uh, Bugner and his coaching staff were still under consideration to be uh, the Sharks' uh, head coach uh, or the Sharks' coaching staff uh, up to up to yesterday. They were still under consideration uh, that they might come back uh, next year. So, if you take that as you will, then sure, you know it makes some sense. But if you look at sort of the the logic of it, there is something kind of um, off about it. Insofar as look the. Sharks have known since early April that they needed a new GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, you're not going to saddle a new GM with uh, a head coach, especially a, a non-winning head coach. You know, extenuating circumstances for that, but a non-winning head coach, you're not going to saddle a new GM with a non-winning head coach. And so there are kind of questions about why you don't expedite the process uh, somehow. And so that are, those are questions that, yeah, we're, we're trying to kind of get at. Like, did they kind of let Bob know that this sort of could be the case? You know, did they kind of keep him in the loop a little bit? Then maybe it's a little more fair this way. And let's not forget, too, that, you know, Bob Bugner is under contract for another year at a million and a half. So while he may have the difficulty finding a new NHL job by next year, uh, because a lot of those positions have been filled, you know, uh, he's mm-hmm. going to do okay with a million and a half, right? And I presume the assistant coaches, while they're not making as much, uh, they probably have another year under contract, too, matching Bob. So it's not a total travesty. But it is an unfair and unforgiving business, right? And so we could see that with the timing of today's announcement. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the part that, that rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't have an issue with it if it would have happened two months ago, right? Like, I, I think that that's really the, the surprising news out of the day is that it's July 1st. You're a week away from the draft, and right now you've got an interim GM and no, no coaching staff. Like, what's the plan for the Sharks moving forward here? 
Well, it's a hire a new GM, and that you know should happen soon. Uh, we don't know exactly when uh, when it will happen. Uh, there were some there was some thought that it might happen uh, even by this week. Uh, we're not sure, but they are definitely down to their final group. Um, I do wonder if you know announcing before the draft would be kind of a good PR move for the Sharks. You know, get their UGM uh, face front uh, in front of the cameras in, in Montreal. But I don't know. That means that they'll have to hire the new GM within the uh, next, you know, uh, four announced within the, the next four or five days here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if that will happen, but it's going to happen soon. And uh, it does sound like they want to give this new GM sort of that, uh, that, that right away to decide uh, his new uh, head coach. And again, let's go back to the question, though, that if you were kind of going to give the new GM uh, sort of uh, uh, the this call to to hire his his own coach, which you probably should, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then yeah, why couldn't you have let uh, uh, Bob go uh, uh, early or at least put it out in the public? Uh, it is possible that they did really try hard to evaluate things and make a case maybe uh, for Bob to stay that they would have made to the new GM, um, and maybe then they thought that wasn't a case worth making. I guess. Shang Peng with San Jose Hockey now joining the show to talk about the Sharks, what's going on in their world ahead of the draft next week, and obviously free agency. So, uh, leading candidates, like who who do you expect to be named the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks? Well, from what I understand, um, the new hire uh, will not have any GM experience. Uh, it has been uh, reported uh, by others that. Uh, uh, Ray Whitney, uh, Mike Greer uh, are in are among the finalists mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, Darren Drager mentioned uh, Scott uh, Mellonby as a possibility too. Uh, of all these three, uh, Mellonby has the most sort of management experience. Uh, he was assistant manage, uh, general manager uh, of Montreal for about six or seven years, I believe. Um, Greer uh, has some experience. It was a scout, was assistant coach in New Jersey, uh, was an advisor or is an advisor with the Rangers now. Uh, Whitney has the least experience, uh, a couple years as a scout, and has been uh, uh, working with uh, the NHL uh, Department of Player Safety uh, since uh, 2018. Uh, but it's one of those areas where I think that I think that uh, it, you know we're we'll talking about the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like they hire this new GM, it's not going to be like a bloodletting uh, where where you know Sharks front office is going to be you know you know can left and right. I think that that they do want to, and you can see by bringing somebody with a little less experience. Um, that uh, it's going to be a, a chance for that GM, that new GM, to grow into the role. Uh, you know, if you want to be honest about it, too, the way it looks uh, up front is it is a way for some people to keep their jobs, maybe, that you wouldn't have kept if you, hire, you know, hired a more, let's say, like, if you had hired uh, Jeff Corton. You know, mm-hmm. I know the Sharks uh, tried to hire Jeff Corton uh, when uh, Doug Wilson was still a general manager. Uh, and so, you know, if you hire somebody like that with that kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 gravitas or that kind of, uh, you know, he just has a, a little more leverage in his back pocket to kind of dictate what he, what he wants to do. And so, um, doesn't mean that those, you know, the, the current, uh, Sharks front office and hockey ops are all safe. Uh, you know, they're going to be under evaluation with this new GM. Uh, but, uh, I think though that, uh, going into next year, though, yeah, it's, you know, going to be this, uh, a new GM, a new, an experienced GM kind of growing into the role to some degree. So, that that all sounds fine, but when you look at what is kind of ahead for San Jose, the the contracts that are on the books, the potential that Evander Kane that money might come back onto the books for the San Jose Sharks, like there's some decisions that need to be made. Is it not kind of this roster, this construction, 
Uh, is that not a case for someone that's been around the block once or twice before as a GM to to kind of sort through? Uh, I don't know about that. You know, um, the, you know, I, I think uh, you need uh, a creative ideas to kind of uh, you know turn this 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 team around. Uh, they've indicated that they do not want to be in a re- in a rebuild. That they want to win next year. Uh, you know, that's obviously a tall task with a veteran team that's, you know, capped out, that's missed the class for the last three years. But, hey, okay, you know, if that's what you want to do, and it's uh, owner hustle partner's money, so it's his call, that's what he wants, mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, then, then, then you just hire sort of the, the smartest guy, <laughs> right, or, or, or woman, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it has nothing to do with, with experience or whatnot. Yeah, you can bring in a Jason Bottero, but, you know, he didn't do anything in, in, in Buffalo, right, or Fair. whatever number, you know, any, any kind of uh, past GM, you know. Um, so, you know, they're in the interview process, you know, they like what Rear and Whitney and, and apparently Melanie have told them. And so, yeah, and I've talked to people, you know, I know the consensus around the industry and, you know, uh, deservedly so is that the Sharks should go into a rebuild, uh, uh as much as they can, you know, with the, with the kind of the deadweight contracts that they've got. Um, uh, I know that's the consensus, but I've also talked to smart hockey people that think that there is something that can be done with this current roster that, doesn't include, you know, that, that, you know, can get this team back in the playoffs and doesn't include, uh, you know, uh, savaging, you know, uh, uh, you know, breaking, like, uh, totally uh, dismantling this roster and getting rid of contracts as quick and uh, quick as possible. So, um, so, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if, uh, if uh, experience hire, it just, you just gotta, you just gotta hire the, the right guy with, mm-hmm. uh, with the right idea. And so whoever they they bring in, hopefully that is that is it. You know, because obviously that GM is going to be coming into a very very daunting situation. So you have no idea who the GM is going to be just yet, and it's very very new. The news, obviously, on Bob Bugner. But mm-hmm. what do you envision as, or who do you envision as the next head coach of the San Jose Sharks? Um, that's a good question. You know, I haven't been able to wrap my head around it because. Uh, I did uh, expect that uh, Bookner was going to get let go. Just it just made sense to me that if you're going to bring in a new GM, um, you know why uh, you know shotgun marriage that GM with a uh, coach that um, you may like for different reasons that has done well with I think what he's been given, but hasn't won anything with the Sharks. And so the only surprise is yeah the the timing of it that maybe they could have done it a month ago. You know maybe if not immediately after the season uh, a month ago. So I haven't really wrapped my head around uh, what they're looking for, but I do think what they are looking for, you know, you think about how to improve a team, how to get uh, more points, more wins out of the team, right? Especially a Sharks team that uh, doesn't have a lot of roster options, right? Because the team is older and, you know, a lot of uh, contracts, uh, undesirable contracts uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on the roster. And so how do you get a, a few more points out of this team? Uh, one way you can do it is through with a coach. Uh, you know, somebody who, you know, can get, you know, those that few more points uh, out of your team. Now, who that person is, and of course, you know, would that person want to come? You know, uh, obviously, when a Bruce Cassidy becomes available, when a Barry Trotz becomes available, you think, oh, I want this guy, right? But you have to look at it from a Cassidy or Trotz's point of view. You know, why would they come to San Jose? <laughs> You know, why would an established coach that uh, is, you know, wants to win a Stanley Cup immediately come to San Jose? You know, there really isn't much much reason off the top, at least, I can think of. Yeah. And so they'll need to probably hire somebody that is unknown, willing to take on the challenge, but is able to sort of uh, uh, get a little more out of this team than, than Bob did, you know? Uh, so, um, so, yeah, so they'll need a, a, a brilliant young hire, basically, which is, of course, what everybody's looking for. 
Now, with the draft only about a week away, right? I think one week from today is 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 the draft. I know you you lean heavily in your scouting department, so that may not be such an issue with the interim GM. Yeah. But with the start of free agency right around the corner as well, a, a team that may maybe won't be as ver- as active in free agency as the Sharks, but does does the interim GM have the green light to go out and do what he needs to do in the draft and and in the the, the free agency? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interim uh, GM Joe Will does uh, have that that green light to do it. I mean, hey, you know what? Uh, he uh, fired Bob Bugner, basically. You know, <laughs> so so he so he was able to do that. Uh, uh, Will also did uh, did a uh, uh, fire uh, or a uh, kick Roy Somers, the Barracuda coach, who has been there for uh, almost twenty five years upstairs too. Hmm. And he also uh, re-signed the Sharks. Sharks didn't have a lot of big time UFAs, but uh, but Bugner uh, took care of the, the most significant ones, Alexander Barabanov and uh, Jacob Megno, You know, good months ago, and so he does have that sort of that that uh, that that green light. Um, and like you mentioned, the draft isn't such a big deal because the Sharks are very comfortable with. Uh, Tim Burke, Doug Wilson Jr. leading the draft as they have for the last, uh, you know, Wilson Jr. has been in charge of the draft the last five or so years, and Burke has been around uh, forever with the Sharks. But you're right that free agency is, uh, you know, I've always suspected that even though the Sharks have said publicly that, hey, you know, uh, we want to hire somebody by free agency, but if we don't, we don't, you know, so they kept it very casual that way. But uh, it does make sense to have somebody in place by free agency. So so, uh, your new GM can kind of have some, even the Sharks aren't big-time players, um, still, you know, uh, you know the Sharks, again, you know, they want to make it to the playoffs next year. They may not have a lot of cap space, so uh, how are you going to make the playoffs? Well, you have to sign the right, and you have to sign smart free agents, right, who are cheaper and who can give you, give you a lot, right, a lot of bang for the buck. And so you should, I think, give your new GM a, a, a say in that process. You know, if you hire a new GM in August and you've given him basically Joe Will's team, <laughs> that's basically <laughs> kind of a... Uh, you know, a, a year to write off for that new GM. You can't really judge, you know, let's say uh, Mike Greer, uh, if he gets hired in August and he has a deal with whoever Joe will sign for him, uh, you know, on July 13th. Shang Peng with San Jose Hockey now joining the show. It's always fun when Shang comes on because he, 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 he you tell me how it is, and I like that. Now, um, you've mentioned making the playoffs, and uh-huh. I, I don't see... Okay, I don't see the reason to make the playoffs to lose in the first round. Like, Uh when I'm looking at this San Jose Sharks roster, if they can find a way to get themselves in, I don't believe right now, in this moment, that they'll go on a run. I don't believe that they'll ultimately win a Stanley Cup. So I don't understand why you don't just embrace a rebuild, try to be bad, try to get some good things to restock the cupboard, try to get rid of some of these contracts, and then the next time you do get to the playoffs, it becomes more of a more of an option that you could actually do something with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, the, the reason I suspect is that and I've been uh, kind of uh, looking into this, is that uh, the Sharks' owner uh, is 78 years old and he's not interested in a rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to. Like, look, like, uh, you know, Doug Wilson is, uh, you know, is a smart hockey person. Whoever they hire is a smart hockey person. The people they have in there now, yeah. you know, they're smart hockey people, yeah. you know. Um, I, I, I've said it, you know, before, that probably the most likely course for the Sharks if they want to win mm-hmm. is to go through this kind of rebuild, at least, Try to start getting rid of these 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 these, these long term contracts. I know that you don't want to do a fire sale because then you got to you know attach draft picks uh, on uh, to get rid of say Vlasic's contract, Vlasic's contract, and so that's sort of you know what, as they say you know 
cutting off your nose to spite your face. You yeah. don't want to do that, but uh, they, they, you know, but they should be, I think, I think, looking into rebuild too. But mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a more likely course. But you know, is it, you know, but it's not. I don't think that's what the owner wants. <laughs> no, and and I mean, like you're beholden to that, right? So if if yeah, the owner wants to go money. in, it is money. Yeah, it, it makes sense in in that way. I just I think you're spinning your wheels here. Like I I get sure. I get the the want to be a playoff team. I just don't see the need to be a playoff team if you're not going to do anything with it. Now, uh, you mentioned Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, that contract is an albatross, and on a team of albatross contracts, I think that one might be one of the worst. Uh, do you suspect that Mark Edward Vlasic gets bought out? Um, I really believe that if the Sharks are serious about making the playoffs next year, that they have to buy out Vlasic, mm-hmm. as sort of pernicious as it is. You know, it's going to be a you know he has four years left on his contract, so he doubled that eight years. That's that's an ugly, ugly buy, you know, buyout. <laughs> um, but you save next year three point four million dollars. And for a Sharks team, yeah, I've kind of done done the math. You know, if they buy out Vlasic and they make a couple of smaller trades, uh, attainable trades. Um, then you can you can you can have a going into free agency about seven million to play with, which is something you know not a lot, but something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so far though, it doesn't seem like they are ready to commit to it. You know, we talked with Joe. Well, if it is indeed Joe Will's decision, if they don't hire somebody by the end of the bio period on July twelfth, uh, and Joe Will has indicated that uh, you know he likes plastic that. You know, maybe even though Vlasic uh, was dropped by actually, uh, you know, you know Bob Bugner, you know, your coach, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the from from uh, you know top four, you know, top pairing play down to the bottom pairing, uh, and you know, Vlasic never really got a shot in the top four uh, for the last really year and a half, you know, um, and it's not like he was uh, leapfrogged by you know Kale McCarr or anybody really significant, you know. To, let's be honest here, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, so your coach has dropped your guy or this guy to the bond pairing, that's your coach is telling you something. Uh, but, uh, you know, Will indicated that, you know, he thinks that Vlasic has more to give, you know, maybe not as a top two, top pairing shutdown guy anymore, but, you know, can he do something for you in maybe your middle pairing, uh, you know, you know, rescue some of that, that, that a 7 million AAV value. I mean, that seems to be what the Sharks are thinking. I don't buy it. Uh, but um, if that's what they think, then, yeah, maybe they will write it out with plastic. But then, you know, if you do that, though, that leaves you in a more serious crap, you know, cap crunch uh, than uh, you, you already are. You know, I said crap, but that's probably a it's flip there, right? But. More, more or less the same thing. <laughs> more or less, right? <laughs> so, so last season, the, the, the Sharks went up so <laughs> <laughs> I, so, didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> so last season, San Jose yeah. went into the the the, uh, the 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 situation with with uh, Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. We knew he wanted to stay. Um, obviously, they locked him up long term. I know the situation with Timo Meyer is a little bit different because he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of, of at the end of his contract next year. But has he kind of shown the same willingness to stay in San Jose that that Hurdle did, or or? Is it possible that that maybe uh, he 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 isn't a shark two years from now? 
Well, I will say with Timo that, that Timo is one of the, the more uh, guarded players that I've dealt with. You know, I, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, there was that mass mutual commercial of like, uh, you know, uh, hockey player cliches, right? <laughs> and uh, Timo Meyer was the first player <laughs> on that commercial. <laughs> so I do want to start with that. The reason why I start with that is because we asked Timo directly at the end of uh, this past season, uh, you know, the exit interview, like, hey, do you want to come back to San Jose? Really not a, a very challenging question. Most guys are just saying, even if they didn't really want to, but like, of course I want to be here. Mm-hmm. That just seems like a really easy thing to say, even if you don't really mean it. And uh, Timo's answer was really guarded. I actually don't remember the exact uh, phrasing, so you guys will have to look it up. I don't want to misquote him either, but basically it just was, he just said something to the effect of, I'm going to talk with my agent about it, and, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if it was, you know, if, if it was uh, Tomas Turtle, who is a very outward, emotional guy saying that, or, you know, I don't know, uh, like Marc-Andre Fleury, right, for, yeah. for, for you guys when mm-hmm. he was there, right? You know, if, if a guy like that is saying, saying something that guarded, then you think, oh, you know something's wrong, you know? <laughs> uh, with Timo, he said that, uh, uh, he gave that non-statement, I don't know. I, so I, it's, really, it's really hard to say. It is possible. I, I will say that he did not uh, 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 indicate in any sort of way when asked a couple times that he really, really wanted to be here uh, in San Jose. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be. So I don't want to read too much into it. But so it is possible he could he could be gone, uh, and you know that 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 uh, you know the Sharks had a chance with Thomas Schroeder to get a lot for him and sort of you know supercharge their rebuild like the Avalanche did when they traded Matthew Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could that could have been a similar sort of value that they got back. Um, so the Sharks may have that chance again with uh, with Timo Meyer. So we'll see. You know, and I guess the one uh, thing that is similar there also is that Duchesne actually asked for a trade, if I recall. Mm. And so I could see Timo, if Timo wants to win and the Sharks are out of it next year, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he might want the same thing. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, when did Logan Couture become 33 and still have five years left on his deal? <laughs> Well, there's something called time, and so ah, time. Come on, I still, I still imagine Logan Couture is like a 24 year old kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he is one of those guys that's kind of been around forever, and it's kind of shocking to think that like he is in that kind of you know, you know, uh, nearing that kind of Brent Burns, Joe mm-hmm. Thornton. He's not that far from 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 that age, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, Logan is still a very viable player, still a very good player, but. Um, you know, he's in a place, though, unfortunately, where, like, he is not, you know, Connor McGavey, right? He's not by one guy you can put in and will change everything. And he just doesn't have a lot of help around him. And so, yeah, uh, it's definitely, like, for him and a Hurdle and a Burns and a Meyer and even a Carlson, right, who I think uh, played uh, very well at the beginning of last year. You know, these are still good players, but, you know, a lot of them, especially the older ones we're talking about here, may not be great players anymore, and the organization has done them no favors in terms of uh, there haven't been a lot of uh, young, uh, great players stepping in to help them. The supporting cast has not been very good uh, over the last three years. So just sort of a, a kind of a, a real mess. <laughs> so <laughs> you know? uh, in, in line with real messes, um, mm-hmm. what is the doomsday situation for San Jose when it comes to Evander Kane's grievance? Uh, well, it's uh, the doomsday, I guess, is they, they lose a grievance and he's a shark again. <laughs> and they, you know, uh, they made very cool last year and the locker room included that they want nothing to do with him. And mm-hmm. so that means that they had to get rid of him. And uh, I, I do believe, and this is talking to people too, that at least on Kane, you have to see it from Kane's side. You know, if it wasn't a player as unpopular as Kane, I think people would see it that the best move for Kane uh, is to force a buyout from San Jose. And the reason why that, that's a good move for him is that he makes that buyout money, which is two-thirds of his remaining salary, and he gets a new free agent contract on top of that. So he gets paid twice. 
and uh, for any player, that's a, that's a logical move. And so, if uh, Kane wins the grievance and he's back on the Sharks' books, uh, you know, I would imagine that what he would hope for is is a buyout. And of course, for the Sharks, that's going to hurt because, uh, as we you know mentioned with Vlasic, you know, Kane has three years left, so it's not as ugly a buyout, but it's going to be a pretty ugly one. And so that's that's gonna that's gonna hurt the sharks uh, uh, going forward, obviously. Um, and so we'll see. So that's sort of the the, the nightmare scenario there. Um, but we'll yeah we'll 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 see what happens with it. You know, I I've uh, maintained for you know based since the beginning of the process uh, that a settlement is the best idea for both sides. And so unless the sharks are really really sure that that termination is going to get upheld, uh, which I don't know, I don't know if they're sure or not. Um, but if they are sure about that, then okay, you know, you write it out. But if you're not sure, then a settlement makes sense because if you can do something like, and I don't know if this will be quite allowed, but it does sound like, you know, the league is open to it and they kind of want the situation settled. Uh, you know, if you get something like the Mike Richards settlement where you can space out the cap hit over a longer period of time, uh, and Evander Kane on his side, he makes the money he's owed, or at least the money that he'd be owed in a buyout at least, at least that much, then, you know, that seems like a win-win for both sides. You mentioned a mess, and, and I'm going to make the assumption here that the goalie situation is a bit of a mess in San Jose. They're paying four goalies, although Capo Kakinen is, <laughs> is a restricted free agent, but they did buy out Martin Jones, so they're still paying right. him. But Reimer, Aiden Hill, and Capo Kakinen, who who's going to be the odd man out here? I mean, my guess is <laughs> Reimer, but I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's funny you mentioned that, right? Speaking of messes, right? But, you know, with all the messes going on in San Jose, that's like the last thing that, that we're going to talk about because <laughs> it's not that bad compared to the other situations. Well, it's um, not Martin so, Jones yeah. anymore. Uh, uh, what did what, you say? I said it's not Martin Jones anymore, so it is an improvement. No, it's not. That, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Reimer has more value, uh, and so I can see him being the one to go. You know, Hill uh, is younger but did not have a good season last year. I think Kakinen should be pretty safe because the Sharks, uh, you know, just traded for him. He's young. Um, you know, they've said very, uh, you know, they, they said a, a lot of good things about just sort of his stealing. And I think uh, generally just people I've spoken to, uh, goalie people, that sort of thing, regard Kakinen as sort of the highest selling guy of the three. Um, so anyway, if they play it safe, uh, it's going to be Reimer because you never know what's going to happen in terms of injuries or whatnot or how goaltender will perform for whatever reason. And so, you know, Kakinen and Reimer is probably the safest thing. Uh, if he's Reimer did have a pretty good season last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, goaltending's funny, right? And the Sharks traded the second-round pick for Hill a couple years ago, so they must like Hill, uh, even though he had a rough season last year. And so maybe you just kind of roll with Kakadin and Hill, hope that Hill has, you know, is healthier and, and, and you know, uh, come, he's a young, young goalie too, so he comes back to form quickly. Um, and then you get a little more for Reimer. You know, maybe you make up or get close to making up that second round pick that you gave up for Hill. So anyway, it's hard to say exactly what they're what, what they're uh, what they're looking at. But yeah, you would think Kakinen is the, the safe one there. And so if it just becomes a question of Reimer and Hill, and you take uh, in theory uh, more value that you might get for uh, for James Reimer, who's also a great locker room guy too. I mean, fantastic locker room guy. Um, and so that's that's a plus that he's going to add to any team. He's not a guy that's going to carp if he's not you know starting or whatever. Um, so anyway, uh, you might you might take that option, or you just say, hey, you know what, we got to win win next year, and and just say take whatever we can get for for Hill, even if it's a far cry from the from the second round pick that they they traded for him. Uh, one thing to note of all these guys too is that their contracts. Uh, well. Captain is an RFA, but his contract, at least based on past RFA contracts for guys of his inexperience, um, 
you know, should come out to close to what Reimer and Hill make, which is, you know, they both make, Reimer and Hill both make a little over two. You know, Kakanen, I would guess, is going to be somewhere in the area in the end. All right. So, Shang, I'm going to throw one fun question at you, and it'll be the last Mm. one. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, As as you know, uh, on the ice, after the Stanley Cup was awarded, Nick Obey-Kubel uh, dropped the Stanley Cup. So uh, if <laughs> if the San Jose Sharks miraculously pull this off and make the playoffs next year and then they win the Stanley Cup, I know, uh, who would be the guy that drops the cup? <laughs> uh, probably a Willie Mecklen, right? Because Willie Mecklen, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, is a pretty uh, young-looking kid. You know, one of the, the best pictures of Willie Mecklen you can find it is from, I think, the preseason when – uh, he and Brent, uh, Brent Burns, uh, uh, you know, hugged after a goal. And it's literally, you know, it's literally, uh, uh, you know, Frodo, you know, hugging, uh, <laughs> hugging, uh, hugging a tree giant, you know. <laughs> so, so it might, it might, it might be William. So. All right. Uh, this has been absolutely 100% a blast, Shang. Thank you for jumping on and, and doing this. Um, always fun, always entertaining. Uh, give everybody here in Vegas that misses you seriously misses you so much uh, an idea of where they can find and read your stuff as where as well as where they can follow you on twitter yeah yeah appreciate it guys anytime uh, just uh, follow me on twitter at uh, shang underscore pang and all my work at uh, san jose hockey now and nbc sharks all right fantastic stuff that is shang pang with san jose hockey now joining us on the program to talk uh and adds a lot of hilarity and levity to uh, a very intriguing and uncomfortable position that every San Jose Sharks fan should be feeling today. We're back with one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers. Less fee. Look around the league. News and notes from around the NHL. We've gone really news-heavy on the show. So, Chapman, I want to ask you a quick question. I saw it on Twitter. I already commented on how and what I do. Uh, do you snap a Kit Kat before you eat it? Yes. Yes, I do. You're a monster. Why? I don't. Why? Because it's a waste of time. But it's meant to be broken. But it's a waste of time. Well, that's fine. I, if I, I get a Kit Kat, I want chocolate in my mouth right now. See, I I can appreciate the finer art of snapping my Kit Kat and listening to what about, it. What about Oreos? You know how what? Do you, how do you I, eat an Oreo? I, I twist the top off and I'll eat the side with no cream on it first, and then I will, well, bite the cream and pull it off and eat that separately. Have you ever done this with an Oreo? Have you ever twisted twisted the Oreo and you've got the cream side and then the the, the plain cookie, and then you do that for two yes, Oreos? Yes, and combine them. Then you combine yes, them. Absolutely. Have you ever tried to twist it off again? No. Oh, if you get a double stuffed Oreo. Yeah. And you get two Oreo cookies together, and you so you've got four layers of stuff, yeah. right? And then you find the way to magically twist off that last wafer cookie, so you've got four layers of stuff oh to God. one wafer cookie. It's like it's a unicorn. You know what? I'm I'm going out tonight or tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm going to buy a package of double stuffed Oreos, and I'm going to do it. Pictures or it didn't happen. Okay. All we'll, right. We'll we'll do it. Yes, absolutely. For anybody listening, you're welcome. <laughs> So it's officially official. Jim Montgomery lands with the Boston Bruins. 
I like it. You like it. I, I know we're we're good on it. We we want to see Jim Montgomery back in the NHL. So that's that's checking the boxes there. But the surprise I wasn't anticipating, besides Bob Bugner, um, is Rick Bonus in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah, didn't see that coming. So Rick Bonus, and I don't think I've seen anything on it officially yet, but. It, it seems like all indications are Rick Bonus will be the next coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what the heck is their identity going to be under Rick Bonus? Well, considering they didn't really have one in Dallas, and I think they have better players in Dallas, so you have to wonder. I think that's a good question to ask. At least he knows the division. But I, I mean, I, I, I. I I, I will say this: He's going to have a really good goalie. Yeah, but he had true. a he had a pretty good one in in Dallas too. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Ryan. I it's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher for me. So it, we've seen Rick Bonus be a chameleon, right? Like we never more evident, in my estimation, in my opinion, than in the bubble, right? We saw Dallas play against a Colorado Avalanche team that refused to play defense. So the Dallas Stars just scored a ton of goals. Yeah. And then the following series against the Golden Knights, they packed the middle of the ice, they were committed defensively, and that's how they won. We've seen Rick Bonus be a chameleon. And part of being a chameleon is you can look really, really awesome, and then you can be a terrible team for stretches. And for an already inconsistent... Winnipeg Jets core. I just don't know that this makes sense for Winnipeg. Yeah, a team that struggled defensively, so so that's probably not going to be much of an option when it comes to what their identity is. Uh, a year older for for their star players. You don't know if your potential superstar player wants to even be there. <laughs> uh, it it seems like you, you know it, it, it sounds bad. But it's almost like when we were younger and, and you would go out at night and you'd watch all the all the good-looking girls at the bar leave, and then you kind of had to settle. You got stuck. I kind of feel like that's the situation with Winnipeg and Rick Bonus. Like, it sounds terrible, mm -hmm. and it is terrible, because I'm sure Rick Bonus is a great guy, and I shouldn't say that, that he's, they're settling. He's a great coach, and he's been around forever. A, a long time, yeah. I just... I don't know that that's the team he's going to find success with. There's just, there's just, I mean, I think Blake Wheeler's a good player. I think Mark Shifley, are a good player, is a good player. But they're older. They're a team that that struggled at times last year defensively. They're poor. Let's let's just put it out there. Mark Shifley doesn't play defense. No, no, he, he does. He just does not play defense. <laughs> but Darren will tell you how awesome he is. I just, I think that there's got to be an accountability because when you look at Dallas. They survived by being able to play strong, defensive, structured hockey. Yes. It's one thing if it's Barry Trotz telling you to buy in. It's another thing if it's Rick Bonus, who has been around the block and has a lot of respect, sure. But he hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Right? The only way I can view a player like Mark Shifley actually buying in and playing defense is if the guy walking in the building has a Stanley Cup. I, and and even then, even if it was Barry Trotz, I don't believe it. Yeah, there's no guarantee. 
I mean, Rick Bonus has been to a final. He, he knows what it takes. And like you said, he's been around a lot. The reality is, for, for a coach who hasn't won the Cup, you have to think Rick Bonus commands a lot of respect. He does, but it's not the same weight as a Barry Trotz. Yeah, right? well, well, that's and, it, yeah. And, and in my estimation, the only way you're going to speak to a player that is as steadfast in not playing defensive hockey is to get a guy that's won. Yeah. To tell him flat out, if, you, if you're not going to do it for me, like I'm going to be here longer than you will if you don't do it. And to me, like when, when it comes to Rick Bonus, when it comes to whatever coach you bring in, if you're Winnipeg, if you cannot get a 200-foot game from Mark Shifley, you're not going to win. Yeah, they, 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 they need him to be committed. Um, it's it's just a strange situation. Like, I, I, I don't know if Rick Bonus is going to be able to get him to do it, and I, I would lean on the the side of no, he's he's not going to get Mark Shifley to, to to commit to playing defense. That was a choice on an analogy, buddy. That yeah, was terrible. I'm, I'm I'm kicking myself because it was awful. Yeah, I'm going to kick you too after the show, yeah. just so you're aware. <laughs> Come see the violence inherent in the system. All right, uh, I'm not actually going to kick him before anybody gets upset. Uh, Nick Paul. Has re-signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Seven years. Whoa. Let's go long term. Seven years. $3.15 million average annual value. I like Nick Paul. I think this is a perfectly fine contract. This is exactly the type of move that Tampa makes to stay in the hunt every single year. Um, Bottom six forward. Knows his role will play through anything, has a little bit more touch than you give him credit for. That is literally the bottom six of the Tampa Bay Lightning to a T. Yeah, what's kind of funny about the deal is you generally don't see a guy sign a long-term deal, like a seven-year deal that's only going to pay him like $23 million over the course of the the, the contract. Uh, $3.1 million a year for seven years. Like, I like it if I'm him because maybe you only get that if you if you leave Tampa, maybe you only get that for like three or four years, but to get it over the course of seven years and basically guarantee yourself a paycheck for the next seven years as a bottom six forward, that's fantastic. Like it's a win for him. It's a big win for him. I mean, I'll take I'll take that contract all day long. Here's the interesting thing, though, when it comes to Tampa. Reports out there that they are working with Ryan McDonough on a fit when it comes to a trade meaning the Tampa Bay Lightning see the writing on the wall they see that Ryan McDonough as good of a player as he's been for them is probably one of the contracts you're trying to move out in order to make all the other pieces that need to work work to get back to the Stanley Cup final personally I don't think you can win without Ryan McDonough I really don't but Julian Breezebois knows a lot more than I do. What do you think happens there? Well, I think he's a guy making a lot of money for someone who's 33. <laughs> um, six, six and uh, 6.75 million a year. The thing is, they're, they're, they're going to have two other defensemen that they're going to have to commit to in Sergachev and Eric Chernak yeah. in a year. So it makes sense if you're thinking ahead on, all right, well, I've got two other players who are hopefully one is going to step into that role and fill the void of McDonough that I have to find a way to re-sign. I just don't know how many 
teams are going to be in the market for a 33-year-old defenseman who's under contract until he's 37 at almost $7 million a year. That's a I mean, we talked about some bad contracts in San Jose. And look, McDonough delivered. Yeah. But at this stage of his career, I just don't know what the market's going to be. I mean, someone will probably bite, but I think they may have to retain some salary on that. No, they can't do that. Well, I mean, I don't know how else they move them. Gonna like, have to figure it out. Like, like mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to attach. You're gonna have to sweeten the pot. Like, you may have for, to attach some picks for, yeah. for as many times we've been down this road with Vegas, where they've had to attach something to a contract. That's the alternative. Yeah, it's coming. Life is coming at the Tampa Bay Lightning fast. It it, it just it just is. Like, they're already at eighty seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> Giddy up. Let's go. Life coming at the Tampa Tampa Bay Lightning fast. Those have been your one-timers for today, July 1st. Happy Stranger Things Day, everybody. Uh, one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. We're back to wrap it up, wrap up the week, catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, today is a day that every New York Met fan rejoices in as it is Bobby Bonilla Day. What that means for those who aren't Met fans. Many years ago, the New York Mets gave Bobby Bonilla an unbelievably ridiculous contract in which they would pay him about a million dollars a year until he was 72 years old, Mm -hmm. which will be in 2039, I believe. However, not to be outdone, the New York Islanders also... (laughs) On this day, have to pay Rick DiPietro with yep. arguably the worst contract in NHL history. They will have to pay him $1.5 million today, and they will do so until the end of the 28-29 season. So DiPietro probably made more money out of the NHL than he did in the NHL. I kid. It's, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but it certainly seems that way. So uh, not sure what the general managers on Long Island were thinking when they handed out those contracts, but good for Bobby Bonilla. Good for Rick DiPietro. Uh, one of the, unfortunately for Rick, one of the biggest busts in NHL history, but he became a very, very wealthy man by being a New York Islander. So happy what, Rick DiPietro day. What are you so bad at that? Somebody would pay you not to do it. This job. <laughs> analogies. Yeah, analogies. That's analogies. the right one. That's that's a little on the nose today, but certainly they got, fits. They, they got to clear out the crap space to pay me, though. I, I've, I've never really lost it <laughs> on the radio good. before. But I, I, I'm thankful that Chang was talking because I wouldn't have been able to continue. <laughs> yeah. There was no way. Have a happy and safe... 4th of July, everybody. We will be back with you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later.